you are very welcome. Uh, and well done to those of you that have made it. Some of you will have seen the email I sent in the week where I mentioned I was reading that book about the lady who has to travel two hours to get to church, and she has to do it under fear of, um, under fear of death uh, because of the country she's doing it in. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then check your emails, because I sent you an email earlier in the week, and I happened to mention this at the bottom. And it was the question from her that where she said to Andy Stanley, why doesn't everyone in America go to church? And that's the, what a challenging question that is for us. What a challenging question. I often wonder if, and I'm not asking for this, don't get me wrong, and I don't want it, but wow, persecution. That would sort out the men from the boys, right? Bit of persecution in this country where you might get killed if you turn up at a church or profess any kind of faith. I know, that doesn't, it never gets a whoop. It's okay. That's, that's, uh, it, it isn't an exciting thought. And gosh, we don't want it to happen. But uh, it would cause people to say, how much do I stand for this thing or not? Tough, really tough. Anyway, from, from, the, from the ridiculous to, to the sublime or the other way around, it is real faith. Um, all the way through August, we shortened the service slightly. The talk is shortened. The worship shortened. Um, and... We run on the theme of a film, so it's called Real Faith, spelled R-E-E-L, Faith. Yeah? I think it's the third year we've been doing it now, maybe the fourth, but um, well done for noticing. Um, so, and, and each week we pick, the, we pick a film, and we try and drag some kind of God message out of a film. Uh, and, and thankfully, there are loads of films out there that all seem to have some kind of an echo somewhere of God's story. Not that really surprising, is it? But there are many of them do. So I've picked a film called Instant Family. Who's seen Instant Family? Wow. It's going to be more of you by the time I've finished, because it's a really good film. It's entertaining. So I'm going to quickly read you the synopsis, and then I've got four film clips, uh, which I will intersperse with a little bit of explanation. So we have a married couple... Pete and Ellie, they're feeling a void in their marriage and they visit a foster care centre. Two social workers, Karen and Sharon, who are quite entertaining, I have to say, guide the hopeful parents on the steps to getting into becoming adoptive parents. The couples are brought to a fair where they have the chance to speak to and play with kids that they may be interested in adopting those children. So Pete and Ellie walk by the teenagers, although Ellie shows hesitance over raising a teen. But one of the teens, Lizzie... She steps up and informs Ellie that they all know that no one wants to adopt the teenagers, so why don't you just jog on, find some of the really young kids, and we all know that they're the ones you want to adopt. This is completely true. Once a child is over 18 months, the likelihood of them getting adopted plummets. That, that is true. So the social workers inform the couple that Liz's mother is a drug addict who is currently in jail. She set the home on fire because she left the crack pipe in it. And it also, also turns out that Lizzie has two younger siblings, Juan and Lita. And although this seems like more of a challenge for Pete and Ellie, they agree to meet the siblings and they go on to adopt them. And this is based on a true story. So there is this couple and they did end up adopting one Oh no, they've got two siblings. Okay, we'll adopt all three. They went from a family of two to a family of five overnight. So as you can imagine, things weren't entirely straightforward. This clip has absolutely no point other than it's fairly entertaining. So this is Christmas dinner. 
where Pete and Ellie have put on an incredible dinner. They've given gifts to the children that the kids didn't even know what to do with and have ended up playing with all the cardboard boxes. And they gave a beautiful present to Lizzie, who hasn't even opened it, and it's left on the settee. She said thank you for it and put it down, left it on the settee. Here's what happens over dinner. We want to thank the Lord for our first Christmas together, and we want to give thanks for this lovely meal and also this um, bounty of super fun cardboard boxes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, tuck in, everybody. Where's my potato chips? Oh, we're not having chips tonight, Munchkin. Sorry. I want my chips. Lita, Lizzie, Pete and I worked really hard on this dinner, and there's lots of yummy food for you to eat. No! Hey, Lita, vete a tu cuarto. Oye, por qué me estás Yeah, I don't think she's getting on board with the plan, no. honey. I don't want this! You sure you don't want to just give her some chips? No, we're not giving her chips. We're just going to eat... Lita, say bye to... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. Don't cry. Relax. Watch your feet, okay? Praise me. I'm so sorry. Hey, you give those to me. Give me... Calm down. Don't cry. I'll get it. Just stay there, Mark. These are really... Wait, 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 wait. What's that noise? Why is she growling? That wasn't in the classes. I got nothing for that. She's got a knife? Just a sponge pot It's knife. still a knife. Just put the knife down, honey. Look here, just put down the weapon, okay? You guys want me to deal with this, or do you still got it? Yeah, do you want to let her jump in here now, please? Okay, okay, fine, fine. Gracias. No, you gotta learn some Spanish. Why would you give a kid milk in a glass cup? I'm sorry, I didn't... Why did she do that? As you can see, it wasn't going particularly well. And what starts to happen is these children in this family start to receive a very consistent love. Pete and Ellie, are, they are incredibly resilient. And while it's a comedy, it's actually described as a comedy drama. And that's a fair comment. There are moments almost of pathos in it. It's, um, it's very amusing. And while very poignant and grabs you at the same time, mid-laughter... But what's, what happens is, Pete and Ellie offer this consistent love out to the children, but the children are simply unable to accept this love. And Pete and Ellie feel like they are doing everything they know to do with these kids, and it really isn't working. We're not going to see any clips of this, but they have this wonderful support group that they go to, full of other parents who are adopting. And honestly, if you've seen the film, they are some of the absolute highlights of the film when they keep going to this support group. 
But what happens is they go to this support group, they say, oh gosh, this is not really working. And someone in the support group suggests, what you need is you need to put in firmer boundaries. This is where you're going wrong. You're just being too nice to them. You just want them to like you. And actually, you just need to put in some consistent boundaries. So this is how this goes when they try to put in some boundaries. As we watch it What is going on in there? Lizzie, please, I said you're grounded. Where are you going? I'm calling my caseworker. Oh, that's a good idea, huh? Get CPS to come make your little brother and sister pack up their court bears and trash bags in the middle of the night, moving back to the muskies. That'll be really good for them. Better than you. No, not better than me. I just I can't with you. Can you please deal with her, Pete? Yeah, hey, Lizzie. You're gonna Look, have to start we're really good people. We just want to make a nice home for you. Is that so wrong? You're just another white lady who wants to adopt little charity orphans to make you feel good about yourself. Uh, you know, Pete, you tell her what my nationality is. Yeah, tell her. Well, actually, by blood, she is yeah, one eighth. I'm one eighth Comanche, okay? So I'm not that white. And do I look like I feel good about myself right now? Okay, then tell me. Please tell me. Why did you suddenly feel the urge to get foster kids? Because we. It, it was. I mean, he came up. Well, exactly. No, I. Well, hey, 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 you're not going now. anywhere. Stop right there. I mean it. Don't open that door. Hey, do not get in that car. You hear me? Don't shut that door. I mean it. Good. Now, can we just go inside so we can talk about this? Come on, drop it right now! Just so you know, they do have safety catches, and that is impossible. For anyone who is about to write and complain, it can't actually happen unless they've taped up the safety catch or something. But yes, it, obviously, what happens is he gets the nail in the foot, he has to go to hospital. Lizzie sees more of, their, of Pete and Ellie's extravagant love. They actually take the blame for it, all this kind of thing. But it got me to thinking, this whole, the whole film got me to thinking how often I can act like a Lizzie. And I see many people acting like Lizzie can act. And you say, what, acting out? No, 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 it's not really acting out. Pete and Ellie, in this story, are really a type of God just wanting to lavish his affection. And they are wanting to lavish their affection on those kids. And because of what's gone on in their past, because of how they are and how they've ended up being formed by life, they just don't seem able to accept that love that is being offered to them. So as we look, we have, we have God where he says, the thoughts of you, God has, outnumber even the grains of sand. I don't know if you've been to a beach recently. But even if you just put your hand in the, in the sand and just get one handful of sand and just let it drop through your fingers, and you look at that whole beach, and that's how often God thinks of you. That's what he thinks of you. He knit us together in our mother's womb, the Bible says. We are fearfully, wonderfully made. He knows us intimately. There isn't one thing about you that God doesn't know. Even that thing that you know about yourself that literally no one else knows, and you would be mortified if anyone ever found out. He even knows that about you, and yet still chooses you, still adores you, still loves you. He sings over you. That's what he thinks of you. He sings over you. It's almost like he hasn't got the words to be able to express what he thinks of you. So all he can do is break into song and he sings over you. His mercies and kindness are new for us every morning. Ultimately, 
Jesus even died in our place. You love someone that much that someone is being basically sent to death row and then someone steps up and says, no, I'll take their place. I'll, I'll go to death row. That's what he thinks of you. He did that for you and for me. God disciplines us. He puts boundaries in. He disciplines us with his words, not with sickness. He chose us to be in his family. The Bible says that we have been chosen. Like there's a lineup and God says, I want that one. And I want that one. And I want that one. And it's a chosen thing. It's not picking off when you're in teams at school and you're the last one left that no one wanted to pick. And God says, I'm love. No option. I'll take that one. It's not that. He sets loving boundaries because he made us and knows how we work. So we have these loving boundaries and often we don't know how to think of these with God. But it's, it's a little bit like this. An analogy I often use for describing what God's boundaries are like, a little bit like, let's take the Ford Focus. Okay, a fairly bog-standard car. Sorry, anyone who works at Fords, but you know, it's a, it's a fairly kind of middle-of-the-road car designed by Fords. Now, Ford, when they made it, they designed that it would drive on roads. Now, if you, if you want, you are welcome, if it's private land, you are welcome to drive your car, car over a field. You can take that Ford Focus, take it up dirt tracks, sling it over rocks, you can do what you like and say, well, my car still seems to be working. But when you look in the Ford manual, you'll find that that's not what it was intended for. So it will work for a while, but then it will start to go wrong and bits will start to fall off and it will start to have dents and things not right. That's what God says are loving boundaries. He says, I made you in a certain way. I know the best way for you to work, as it were. And we can find so much of that in the Bible and in, just in a relationship with him. And I find myself being like a Lizzie at times. God wanting to pour his affection on me. Set loving boundaries. But I don't know, sometimes for me, I don't know about you, it can just feel too much. And I struggle to comprehend just what God thinks of me. Because I think it, it's almost like it can't be real. I can't access that kind of stuff. It stays as information. Do you know what I mean? Anybody? No? Oh, okay, it's three of us. That's great. The rest of you, you crack on. But sometimes it can just feel too much. What God would do that for me? I, I kind of get the fact that God loves me because I've, I've, been, I've been in and around church and in a relationship with God for so many years. I get that he loves me, but he likes me. He enjoys me. God actually enjoys me. He waits for me to wake up in the morning. Probably slightly rolling his eyes at Gabriel going, <laughs> see what he does today. Probably slightly like that, with a, with a glint in his eye. Well, eventually, much like with me and with God, and hopefully with you and God too, Pete and Ellie's consistent love over a long period of time eventually almost starts to wear them down. And then following a somewhat slightly predictable Hollywood storyline pattern, the children's birth mother comes out of prison. She seems to be on the straight and narrow to some extent, and she wants her children back. It turns out that actually she's being coerced to do this by Lizzie, the eldest daughter, who desperately wants to be back with her. So we pick the film back up at a moment when the children that morning are, have been, it's been ordered by the courts 
that the children that morning are leaving Pete and Ellie and are going back to be with their mother and the social workers, Karen and Sharon, um, they come to pick them up and they have just told Lizzie, I'm so sorry, your mum's not coming. Let's watch this. Lizzie, your mom said you filled out all those forms. Why help but so what? She felt she was being pushed into something that she wasn't ready for. No, I, I didn't push her. She's ready. Just, just, just let me talk to her, please, and then, and then we can figure something out. And honey, she can take me home. Honey, when we saw her, it was obvious she's using again. She's not coming, baby. Sweetie, we're so sorry. Lizzie. Lizzie. We'll go get her. Watch the kids. Wait there, okay? Lizzie! My parents. No, we're not. But you know what we are? We're here. That's right, we're here. And we love you. <laughs> what? No, you don't. You don't even know me. Hey, yes. uh, what what the hell's going on out Could here? Could you just give us a few minutes, please? Oh, okay, sorry. Lizzie, honey, we do know you. We we know that you hate cheese, but you really love cheeseburgers and we know that when you feel good in the morning you put on a little less makeup than you do on the bad days exactly yeah. and look we know that the most important thing in the world to you is to protect Juan and Lita from the things nobody protected you yes. from we know that about you right yes honey you guys are doing good look we know that there's so much that we don't know but but if you're afraid that we can't handle knowing the bad stuff or the scary stuff that we can I promise yeah bring it I mean whatever you got we want it because we love you Lizzie stop saying that please just go away please please I would love to remind some of you <clears throat> that no, no matter how much you try and run away from God, he'll always pursue you. He'll just never give up on you. For whatever reason it is that you're running, whether it's shame, unbelief, doubt, questions, anger, it doesn't matter why you're running away. Again, what you saw there was Lizzie being given news and she runs. It's an instinct for so many of us is to run. And Pete and Ellie being a type of God in this, just pursue her. They pursue her and they speak to her of their love for her. This is the very next bit. Literally, we stopped it and then it, it restarts. And there's just a lovely speech. And as Pete and Ellie give this speech over um, to, really, Lizzie... I would love you to imagine that God says all this same stuff with some slight changes. You'll get what I mean. It says all this same stuff over you.
Is Lizzie okay? She's a little upset right now, buddy. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Here she is. So, um, here's what I think is best. I know Juan and Lita are more like what you had in mind when you got into this. So I think the best thing is for you to adopt them. And, and I'll just ask Karen for um, a different placement. So, no. no, it'll be good, it'll no, be good. Honey. We need your help with Juan and Lita. We're not doing this without you. I, I'll visit all the time and, and you can call me if you need help or anything. No. Pete, I really don't want to argue about this right now. Yeah, I don't care. I said no, it's not happening, okay? You're with us now. Yeah. And you know why? We've got a cosmic connection. That's right, we've got a cosmic connection. I know you feel really sorry for me right now, but you really don't It's have got to. nothing to do with what just happened. Where's the court statement Ellie gave you? See this? Read that. Lizzie once asked me why we did this, why we took them in. We couldn't give her an answer at the time. We did it because something was missing in our lives that we didn't know what it was. It was Juan, Lita, and Lizzie. You see? You were what was missing, Lizzie. But now you're here and you are stuck with us. That's right. All right, we're gonna be at every soccer game. Mm -hmm. We're gonna be all over your ass about your grades. Yeah. And we're gonna buy you your first prom dress. Yeah, and it's gonna be really, really pretty, but not too revealing, super sweet. You know, not too sexy, just like really that gorgeous sweet spot. Yeah, right, and when you graduate high school, we're gonna be in the front row embarrassing you. Yes. And then we're gonna be in the front row again when you graduate college too, or even if you don't. But you will be graduating college because it's so important and you're so smart, and I don't mean to push, but it just opens up so many more opportunities. But either way, we're gonna be there for you. Yeah, and someday, I'm gonna give you away at your wedding. Right, even if I think the guy's a pissant and he's not good enough for my little girl. That's right. Someday in the future. Someday in the way, way, way off, deep, 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 distant future. Lizzie, can we go home now? Yeah, I guess we can. I know you don't like this, but you're going to have to get used to it once in a while, okay? Can I get one of those? Because I haven't gotten a single hug from you since I've known you. Hey, yeah. Please. <laughs> Hi. I, I, I don't know the whole context of everything, but I'm just wondering if I can just get in on that hug a little bit. We're good. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're good. Thank you. Sorry. That was just wrong. Yeah, I just do that. You guys hug. I crossed the boundary there. Everything's going to work out. Great, too. I can tell. Hi. Oh, oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. If you have a very low cheese threshold, don't watch it. But if you have at least a moderate cheese threshold, I encourage you to watch it. It's a fabulous film. The thing is, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. In other words, while we were just still lost and all things were hopeless, he died for us. 
And then this that was said at Eugene Peterson's funeral, which we say here so often after we heard it. God loves you. He is on your side. He is coming after you. He is relentless. God loves you. He is on your side. He is coming after you. And he is relentless. Let's stand and pray. Father, we know we've got to wrap up, but we want to take a moment to at times recognize ourselves in how particularly Lizzie responds. And your love for us sometimes can just feel too unbelievable, too out of reach, too much. But I thank you that you are for us. You are coming after us. You run after us. And not because we're in trouble, but because you long for us to know how loved we are. Even where it says in the Psalms, if I go to the far ends of the sea and the far ends of the earth, I can't escape your love. It is everywhere I go. You surround me with love and compassion. I'm so grateful, God, you don't give up on us. That you come after us. That you are relentless in your pursuit of us. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.